This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com. One place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Hello and welcome to Saber, production of iHeartRadio and Stuff Media. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today... We're talking about animal crackers. We are playing with our food. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> I, as I was saying before the podcast started, I am not the biggest fan of animal crackers. You, I, do you want to go ahead and give the, the listeners your opinion about them? I think they're bland. Well, <laughs> I think they're boring. <laughs> and I don't know why you'd waste your time on them. Oh, like, like, like wasting your calories, like when there's so many more, like, flavorful, explosive things to eat. Exactly. See, I, I, I like them. Like, sometimes I just want something, like, nice and simple. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we do have a very large jug of the Staffers brand here yes. in our office. And so sometimes I'm just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have an afternoon cup of coffee and I'm going to have some animal crackers. Do you, do you take pleasure in biting off the head? Is there any, like— Oh, I definitely used to when I was younger. <laughs> These yeah. days, I, I'm more just, like, shoving them in my mouth while right. hunching further and further into my laptop. Yeah. So— I just hear, like, a rattle of <laughs> animal crackers <laughs> going everywhere. Like, like Cookie Monster, yeah. <laughs> they seem to be a popular snack in our office. Yeah, we go through those those bins they're, Yeah, anyway. they're big. Uh-huh. Well, maybe I'm of the—I'm an outlier. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I do have a, a fan fiction— a favorite fan fiction that involves <laughs> animal crackers. <laughs> For what fandom? Harry Potter. Because <laughs> he's alone in the cupboard. He has to find toys. Oh. It's really sad, actually, because they're, like, too bad to eat. Anyway, this is a fan fiction. It didn't really happen in the book, just to make that clear. Um, <laughs> also, I have never been to the circus. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I, I, ha- I went when I was a kid, uh, you know, back when they still had, like, tigers and the whole thing. Um, I remember being a little bit freaked out by it. 
there were just it was a lot. There were a lot of like sounds and noises and humans. And uh, uh, I did not eat animal crackers there. I did have cotton candy and maybe a snow cone that came in like a big oh. mug. I still have the mug. It's pretty cool. The handle is a tiger tail. Ooh. Anyway, um, yeah, we almost got to do a video series with uh, with the Ringling Brothers mm-hmm. right before they shut down. But then they shut down and we didn't get to do it. And I'm so mad that I didn't get to go on their trapeze and meet their clowns and <laughs> talk about all of the weird, like, stunt stuff that they do and all of the acrobatics. And, oh, I I feel like this is a pretty good window into your personality because I know a lot of people that would be like a nightmare what you're describing. <laughs> I get to go on the trapeze <laughs> and talk to the clowns. <laughs> That was like one of my first questions. Like those were two of my big questions. Like when I was on the phone with these people, I was just like, okay, how many clowns can I meet? (laughs) Can I go on the trapeze? Like what? (laughs) All right, I'm in. (laughs) We'll figure out the actual content later. But (laughs) (laughs) they were like, I guess. Like maybe we should back away. (laughs) We're going to put a safety net down. I was like, please do. (laughs) I mean, I also don't want to injure myself. (laughs) I'm going to fail terribly at being on that trapeze. (laughs) need to try it. Right. Anyway. <laughs> we, over on the other show, I do stuff I've never told you, we did an episode, and partially with your help, um, about female clowns. And I was trying to figure out, because I don't have a fear of clowns, even though I've seen a lot of the the, the traditional movies Horror, that came from. Sure, yeah. Um, so I was trying to figure out why I had, because when I was a kid, I never really wanted to go to the circus. And it was Dumbo. <laughs> It was definitely Dumbo freaked me out. And I thought, I don't want to go anywhere near there. I probably would have liked it. But it, yeah, that's, that's definitely what it was. Huh. I, Dumbo is upsetting. It really is. I never watched it, like, once I graduated from that kind of Disney sect. Right, I feel like sure. there were some that were aimed towards even younger group. Yeah, yeah. I never watched it again. Huh. Yeah, maybe it's, maybe it's time to revisit it. It is the month of Halloween. <laughs> but anyway, okay, okay, okay. Let's get to our question. Yes. Animal crackers. What are they? Well, uh, animal crackers are a type of baked good, uh, typically made from wheat flour dough that's lightly sweetened, rolled flat, and baked until crunchy, uh, more often called a cookie in the United States and a biscuit in non-American English. Uh, And what puts the animal in animal crackers is that they're stamped out in the sort of vague shape of animals, Um, usually turn of the 20th century zoo and or circus animals like lions and tigers and bears, oh my. Um, But yeah, your mileage may vary there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're typically... As you have said, lightly <laughs> flavored. Um, yes. Uh, there's usually a little bit of like warm spice in there, like a ginger or nutmeg, a little bit of vanilla or almond or something like that. But yes, they're fairly plain, um, which means that together with the fun animal shapes, they're often associated with like picky young children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there are varieties that include uh, iced with a, either like a hard white or pink icing. Topped with sprinkles, usually little ball sprinkles. Uh-huh. Um, they can be dipped in chocolate uh, or perhaps made with something like cocoa in the dough for a little bit of a little bit more of a flavor. A little bit more of a kick. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not a whole lot. Okay. Just a little bit. Um, yeah, and they're sort of like a like a low butter shortbread, just real light and crisp. Um, it's it's a rolled dough cookie, sometimes with layers of rolled dough stacked and, and like rolled together to create like really thin, crisp layers within the cookie. Um, that's a process called laminating. When you can see our episode on croissants for more yes. about that. 
And these days, the ingredients and processing for mass-produced animal crackers, at any rate, is pretty much identical to that of graham crackers, um, except grams are usually dyed brown and more frequently maybe cooked a little bit longer, uh, flavored with, with cinnamon, and of course are not shaped like animals. But otherwise, yeah, it's pretty much the same dough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shaking my head. <laughs> I try to try them side by side. It's going to blow y'all's mind, I swear. Oh, my gosh. Well, what about the nutrition? Will that blow our minds? Uh, I mean, I don't know. It depends I, It depends on your threshold for mind blowage. It's pretty low. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess for, for a grain-based snack, they're, they're fairly low in fat and sugar, so they're, like, pretty low in calories if that's the thing that you're looking for. They have a little bit of protein from the wheat plus a few vitamins and minerals. So, you know, like for a cookie, they're fine. Yeah. They certainly uh, – Lean into that in their advertising. Oh, my gosh, they do. Yeah. We're not a cookie. We're an animal cracker. Yeah. Crackers are healthy. I'm confused about the entire marketing (laughs) of that. Yeah, yeah, me too. I think a lot of people are. If we look at numbers each year here in the U.S. and 17 other countries, around 40 million packages of animal crackers are sold. For some folks, these crackers are extremely nostalgic Mm -hmm. from what I read. Um, I'd I'd say that they they have a certain nostalgia factor for me. Yeah. 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 It's interesting because there has been a lot of, um, specifically with Nabisco and Barnum's Animal Crackers, there's been a lot of animal cracker news lately. (laughs) There has. And Nabisco's been pretty, they they won't say exactly how many have been sold as of like most recent numbers, Hmm. but uh, I just find that interesting. They're like, no, 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 no need for you to know about that. But this is the most recent numbers we have. Um, As of 1999, Nabisco was producing some 7 million animal crackers per day. Um, The category can be a bit wider than what you might be thinking, though. Things like goldfish and teddy grams are sometimes considered as animal crackers. Mm, No. Yeah, I was like, "Mm." nope, no, totally, totally different products. Different, different consistency, different taking a ingredients. Stand. I'm taking a stand. It's not the same thing. Just because they're animal shaped does not make them animal crackers. Yes, it's more than that. They are. <laughs> they are. Until recently, each Nabisco brand box had 22 crackers and 19 different animals. Two bears, one standing and one sitting. A camel, a cougar, a bison, an elephant, a giraffe, a hippo, a hyena, a kangaroo, a koala, a lion, a monkey, a rhinoceros, a seal, a sheep, a tiger, and a zebra. Again, there's been a lot of updates to this. There has. So I tried to, like, make sure that they haven't changed everything, but this is what I found the most recent, which is okay. pretty recent. Uh-huh. A lot of these animals were and are chosen based on the size, fragility, and ability to hopefully survive transport intact. Some past animals have included the walrus, the red fox, the antelope, jaguar, and American elk. Yes. More on some of those later. (laughs) I just did the—that is a very particular yes. That is from what we do in the shadows. (laughs) And I love it so much. It's like a simple line, but it's one of my favorite lines in the movies when he says, yes. Oh, it's a total accident, but (laughs) I'm in my Halloween horror mind. Yes. Um, (laughs) And yes, we do have a big uh, jug of the—is that Stouffer's? How did you say it? Oh, I said Staffer's, but I have no idea how it's pronounced. I wasn't thinking about the U. It's not Stouffer's. Let's say Staffer's. Sure. (laughs) Apologies to anyone out there. If you know the right answer to this question, write in and let us know. This company that we can't— 
pronounce the name of, by the way, does have an animal cracker identifier yes. up on their website, which I find delightful. Um, and according to it, their current animals are a bear, buffalo, camel, cat, cow, donkey, elephant, goat, hippo, horse, lion, rhino, and tiger. Hmm. I'm going to look this up afterwards because there's some I'm like, how will I know the difference <laughs> between the cat and the tiger? Oh, I mean, it, it, or the lion. Well, I guess the lion has a mate. Probably. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Uh, <laughs> according to Mental Floss, as of 2016, if you look at all the other cracker brands combined with Nabisco, 54 animals have been made into animal cracker form. I would feel like I made it if I was an animal. I made it to an animal cracker. It's like the same thing with the Harry Potter, the cards, the chocolate frogs. You've made it if you're if you're on the card. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. The Nabisco factory in New Jersey uses 8,000 miles of string a year for animal cracker packaging, or they used to. Nowadays, the box comes with a cardboard handle as a cost-saving measure, and a lot of people aren't happy about this. You can still find some of the boxes with the string, but if you get them off of Amazon or a lot mm-hmm. of the online sites, it's a little cardboard, little cardboard handle one. now. Ah. Mm-hmm. I can't say that I have a distinct opinion about this difference. Me either. <laughs> But I can see the string. Like, I sure. feel like that's a bit cuter. Yeah. We'll get into why they chose the string mm. in, in mere moments. Um, <laughs> April 18th is National Animal Crackers Day. Uh-huh. And I totally forgot about that Animal Crackers in my soup Shirley Temple song until we did this episode. And now it's in my brain and it will not go away. I haven't seen that some Curly Top, yes. right? Yeah, I haven't seen that one. And so I have no idea... I, I had no idea that this existed until oh, we started really? doing research for this episode. But I can picture in my mind's ear yeah. how the song probably goes. And uh, I'm probably going to wind up listening to it and regretting my decision. <laughs> I feel this is kind of an amazing moment. I can't believe you've escaped this. It's very, uh, <laughs> it's an earworm. Oh, I believe you. It is an earworm. But that about brings us to our history segment. But first, it brings us to a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. L-A-S-I-K LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K. LASIK.com. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Ready? Okay. 
Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So, animal crackers in history. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, going way back, uh, Norse and Germanic winter holiday traditions included uh, baking breads and later cookie-type stuff like gingerbreads into animal shapes. By medieval times, this was a very, like, posh and sophisticated art form, very, very expensive. Um, uh, by the middle of the 1800s, industrial manufacturing had made the process much, much, much cheaper and uh, thus made these products more varied and accessible and widespread. Yes, and you can see our gingerbread episode, which we hilariously published in the middle of the summer. Uh, <laughs> for more on that, I guess it mm -hmm. was for people in the southern hemisphere. Oh, sure. You know, Christmas in July. Um, and like super quickly, the circus in its earliest form is believed to go back at least as far as 1250 BCE. In medieval Europe, tightrope walking was banned by the church, thought to be an act of witchcraft. Oh, wow. That's, that's terrible, but, mm -hmm. but great at the same time. I had to include it. <laughs> the modern circus is a more recent thing, though, um, thought to have originated around 1768 CE. And I, I went on such a rabbit hole. The history of the circus <laughs> is fascinating. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, man. I'm like, we have to do an episode on that. And then I'm like, we're a food show. I'm not sure. <laughs> How can we make this happen? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Towards the end of the 19th century, the British introduced sweet cookies or biscuits molded into the shape of various animals. And these cookies were called animal biscuits or sometimes just animals. The first known recipe came to us courtesy of J.D. Hunahan and 1877's Secrets of the Bakers and Confectioners Trade. It was for a big batch, I hope, with ingredients like one barrel of flour, huh. 16 pounds of lard, 40 <laughs> pounds of sugar, six and three quarters gallons of milk, 12 ounces of soda, and eight ounces of ammonia. The first U.S. company to manufacture animal crackers was Stauffer Biscuit Company in 1871. They reportedly used the same recipe to this day. Hmm. In 1876, Walter G. Wilson touted animal crackers he called zoologicals at the Centennial Exposition in Philadelphia. This brings us to 1902, the first year the National Biscuit Company, now shortened to Nabisco, began producing Barnum's animals, so named for P.T. Barnum, of course, the showman and circus master whose shows frequently exhibited so-called exotic animals in cages. Mm -hmm. And that circus aesthetic translated to the iconic packaging, the colorful circus car box complete with the wheels, the door that you could pop out, and all of it topped with that string so that it could later serve as a Christmas ornament. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, once the animal crackers were gone, obviously. Probably. That was actually one of the main inspirations behind the packaging and color choice of primarily red and green. It was a Christmas promotion. <laughs> Most children seem to think that it was more of a purse situation, though. That's definitely what I thought. Oh, yeah. Um, and this this box would run you a cool five cents. Ah. Yes. Prior to this packaging, the crackers were frequently bought in bulk from a barrel, and that's where we get the phrase cracker barrel. Oh. It blew my mind. Okay. That's where my threshold is. <laughs> 
(laughs) (laughs) And then commercial designer Sidney S. Stern, he's the one who came up with the signature now-retired design, spoiler alert, in 1923. He was the great-granduncle of Daisy Aliotto, who wrote an article about him and his design over at Vox. And it's really worth checking out because it delves into what makes real art. The title of that article, if you're trying to look it up, is The Big Problem with the Animal Crackers Cage-Free Box Design. Yes. Yeah. It's it's really, it was interesting. I hadn't really considered just, uh, you know, when you're a commercial artist and it's deemed as not real art, it's kind of the same with music when you, quote, sell out. Right, sure. Like that. But it was, really, it was really cool. Cool oh. read. Awesome. Um, yeah, and uh, and Sidney S. Stern um, is a storied artist, as, as the, the article goes into. Um, he's the same guy who created the original Ritz crackers and uh, shredded wheat boxes as well. And I didn't realize that the name Ritz was chosen because, well— from what I read briefly, that with you, you know, you're living in the Ritz. It right. was like the Depression. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> of note, Barnum's likeness was not used on the box, and he did not get anything like royalty or licensing fees. This is incredible to me. Yeah. Because his name is right there. I know. I know. And it's clearly like him that they're referencing. There's no one else it right. could be. It's not like, oh, that other Barnum. Yeah, who, who has a circus. Right. And is famous for that. No. Right. If we step back a bit to 1889, Barnum figured out how to get his circus across the ocean in order to do a tour of Europe. Manufacturers in England already making those animals, those uh, crackers slash cookies we were talking about earlier, uh, saw a marketing opportunity and started to use circus animal shapes based on the animals featured in Barnum's Circus. They migrated back to the U.S., these circus animal-shaped cookies, where Nabisco jumped on the train to cash in on the popularity of the circus. Until 1948, they were called Barnum's Animals. Then the name changed to Barnum's Animal Crackers. And just FYI, because I got really confused about this, the Ringling Brothers acquired Barnum and Bailey's Circus in 1906. Right. Animal crackers were a pretty big part of our pop culture. In 1930, the Marx Brothers released a musical film called Animal Crackers. And then in 1935, Curly Top with that Shirley Temple song, Animal Crackers in My Soup, came out. And although I have not listened to it, I've read the lyrics. Um, it, it's, a, it's a playful song explaining that, you know, since she learned the alphabet from alphabet soup, you know, she started adding animal crackers to soup to learn her animals. Um, mm. And apparently Temple's parents got so many letters from parents of fans around the country complaining that their kids kept trying to put animal crackers in savory soups. Oh, no. That, that, uh, that her father, George, said— Shirley knows the crackers are too sweet for that. She knows the combination would taste terrible. Shirley saves the animal crackers for after dinner. <laughs> that might be apocryphal, but I, I, I like the idea of him, like, fed up, yeah. throwing letters <laughs> into the air and releasing this statement. <laughs> Public. He's got a podium. <laughs> Just, she knows what she's doing. Okay? Look, look. I don't need to hear any more of your complaints. This wasn't serious. It was fiction. That's fair. You know, I'd mm-hmm. probably be annoyed, too. <laughs> um, and this was the circus's heyday before the world wars and tightened restrictions around passports and the advent of new entertainment options like television. The circus was really big. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Much much later, still talking about pop culture, <laughs> animal crackers were a topic of discussion in a 1998 episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, yeah, well, because yeah. they're, they're, they're talking about animal crackers. And, and I, think, I think Willow goes like, 
I don't know, like Willie and Xander are talking about it, and one of them is like, is like, why, why is the monkey the only one that gets to wear pants? And the other one is like, yeah, like don't the other animals feel like a little bit ripped off? Like mm-hmm. you know, like like, like where's, like doesn't the hippo ever go? Like where's my hippo dignity? Yeah, that's a paraphrase. That's pretty spot on, though. <laughs> Impressed. I'm impressed with your Buffy knowledge every day. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you, too, can have supreme Buffy knowledge if you just, over the course of many years, watch the series upwards of five times. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll get to work on that. Get on it right away. I li- That's the t- type of homework I like. Um, <laughs> so, at first, these animal shapes were a bit... Um, they, they required some imagination to figure out what they were. Uh-huh. Uh, the shapes got more distinct in the 1950s with the installation of rotary dies. Uh, yeah, these dies can not only stamp out the shape of the animal, but, but detail onto the surface of the animal. Ooh. <laughs> Very fancy. Mm-hmm. Over the years, Nabisco did a few collaborations that showcased animals outside of the circus car, including one that raised money for tiger conservation with fashion designer Lily Pulitzer. And they mixed things up a bit from time to time, like with their marine animals collection. Mm -hmm. In fact, over 37 different animals have been in animal cracker form at one time, if we look at Barnum's specifically. Mm -hmm. But only the bear, lion, elephant, and tiger survived for most of the product's lifetime. Um, and yes, despite being featured in the Shirley Temple song, rabbits were never an animal cracker option. I bet they got letters about that, oh, too. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they Positive. In 1995, Barnum's Animal Crackers introduced a line of endangered species animal crackers to support the World Wildlife Fund, animals like Hawaiian monk seals and Komodo dragons. Nabisco's product manager at the time told the New York Times, what do people like about animal crackers? Biting off the heads. (laughs) Our hope was that children will line them up, match them up with the names on the box, learn about them, and then decapitate them. That'll teach them to save endangered species. That'll teach them to love endangered species and especially their heads. Their tasty, <laughs> this is very important. Tasty heads. One of the most important parts, I would say. Yeah, critical. I love that quote. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> For the 100th anniversary in 2002, Nabisco added a koala based on consumer feedback. The koala beat out the cobra, penguin, and walrus. Apparently, the penguin was a close second. Yes. It was heated. Um, and Yeah, this was a part of an integrated marketing campaign that employed, like, zero traditional advertising, but was apparently very successful. Um, they, they generated 344 million media impressions and increased consumer awareness by 41% during the campaign's first stage and 21% during its second, which I can cite to you because they won a Silver Anvil Award for the campaign in 2003 from the Public Relations Society of America, which is this whole thing. A whole thing. Yeah. I am fascinated by stuff like this because I remember when M&Ms did it. I think I was in middle school. They've probably done another one since then. But the one I remember, I was in middle school, and it was, like, new color to the M&Ms. Oh, right. And it was pink, teal, and, like, a light purple. Mm-hmm. And I, all of uh, all my friends and myself, we were all in. We were voting every day. We were like, it's got to be teal, I tell you. It's very important <laughs> to my existence. Yeah. It's not like I ate more M&Ms after that. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I don't remember which one won. See, I don't even remember which one won. But, like, it just— At the time. It's very important. It felt very serious. I don't know. 
They were asking for your opinion, and you were giving it. <laughs> every day. Yeah. Every day. I'm like, it's still teal. It's still teal. <laughs> I think you can vote once a day. Uh. Um, anyway, <laughs> let's talk about what we've kind of been alluding to this whole episode, some recent animal cracker news. Mm-hmm. In 2016, PETA, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, contacted Nabisco's parent company, Mondelez International, about changing the packaging from the circus cage, the circus boxcar cage. Right, yeah, mm-hmm. because it's boxcar, the animals are in cages. Yes, right. Um, PETA was like, no, no, no. Yes, <laughs> they sent several design ideas of the animals in their natural habitats roaming free, and the company agreed to the redesign, updating it to feature a lion, giraffe, gorilla, and a zebra in the savanna with trees and grass in the background. So they're kind of like in the wild. Yeah, they're they're frolicking, maybe, you know, yeah. a little bit more abreast than they normally would be. But mm-hmm. sure. 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 This was after years of criticism and protest from groups like PETA and the Humane Society, as well as shifting views around the ethics of using captive animals for our human entertainment. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This pushback resulted in Barnum and the Ringling Brothers retiring their elephant acts, but due to slumping ticket sales, the Ringling Brothers Circus closed in May 2017 after 146 years in operation. On top of that, over 80 jurisdictions in 31 states have cracked down on the use of wild animals in entertainment. Which is a wonderful thing. I can't can't argue with any of that. No. Um, Still still sad about the clowns. (laughs) The trappies. Um, Uh... In 2017, um, an independently produced computer-generated animated film called Animal Crackers was set to premiere, but a number of studio deals have fallen through, and although it's totally complete and has been for years now, it still has not been released. Um, it's it's about this box of magical animal crackers that, that if you eat one, it will change you into the animal in question, um, which a family then uses to, like, revive a circus— um, because it's not animal abuse if it's really people, not animals that are performing. Yeah. I'm <laughs> This could be read as a horror movie if you're I know. Like most... can you come back from what you oh, eat oh, the cracker? Yeah, no 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 no. You you eat the you eat a you eat a person shaped cracker if you want to come back. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Okay. You're not stuck as like a gorilla. <laughs> I mean, it could you could like it, whatever. I don't know. I'm I'm just saying. Oh yeah, I'm I'm not. I've only seen like a two minute trailer. I'm not deeply aware of the specifics of the mechanics of this. <laughs> We've got to get to the bottom of it. I I that I'm glad you said that because I saw that come up and I was like, is this a movie or not? Is this like a parody? I couldn't figure it out. It's both a movie and currently not. So, unfortunately. <laughs> it's in the in-between. It is. Oh, development hell. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. Or, I mean, you know, it's still probably very upsetting for the creators. But Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh. Well, this is all, like, recent animal cracker. There's a lot's <laughs> happening in this world. You can still find a lot of opinions about the redesign. Mm-hmm. You know? If you like animal crackers... <laughs> the taste hasn't changed. It basically has not, no. Yeah. Very nostalgic taste. Yes, apparently. I did have an interesting conversation with actually uh, one of the female clowns, and she was just saying how the, the difference in our generations of um, when older folks see clowns, and they're like, oh, clowns, because they associate uh-huh. it with like a positive zoo, right. zoo circus experience. Uh-huh. But for people kind of our age-ish, we're like, clowns. Clowns, no. <laughs> 
Because we don't have our, a lot of us don't have the same circus. Positive kind of. experience. Yeah. 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 I've, I, there were clowns at the circus that I attended as a child, but I have a lot more recent experience with uh, people in clowning mm-hmm. who, who do like professional clowning shows um, mm-hmm. and, and incorporate bits of this, this historical stuff into it. And, and like, I, I have been literally moved to tears by like mime clown work and it's it can be really beautiful, you guys. Um, I mean, it's also really funny to just get to say, like, some of my best friends are clowns. Like, don't discriminate <laughs> against clowns. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's true. It's true. They they can be they can be so delightful. And I don't know. It's a whole. Huh, I go go listen to uh, go listen to the Sminty episode. Yeah, it's really touching. I I felt like I learned a lot because I just kind of. Hadn't had any experience with clowns. Yeah. I like how this Animal Cracker episode is turning into (laughs) pro-clown. We're a pro-clown here. We are. (laughs) This food podcast is staunchly pro-clown. Perhaps we should end it now. (laughs) We we do have a a little bit more for you. We do, but first we've got one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. Roller coaster. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with Lion, scary. I can't. Oh. I just need to work a lot on my impressions. 
Oh, what? what <laughs> I saw I saw the lion. I just wanted to add a little mew at the end. Oh, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> I'll take I'll take it. It confused us all. Excellent. It did. That's the best the best response. <laughs> uh, Caitlin wrote. I recently listened to the Lavender episode, and when you all started talking about the Lavender Festival, I was reminded of a very funny memory. A few years ago, when I lived in Omaha, Nebraska, I worked for and attended a local young adult group called Great Adventure Ministries, around 50 to 60 people. We were always on the lookout for fun event ideas for the group, barn dances, ski trips, orchard tours, etc. One day, one of our members heard about a lavender farm that was about an hour away in the lowest hills and decided we should do an outing there, pack a big picnic lunch, and make a day of it. She found a photo of Lavender and Bloom online and posted the event on Facebook, leaving it public so that people could invite friends. The next morning, she checked the event, and there were over 400 people marked as interested or coming. And she had several messages from strangers in places like California and Michigan asking her what the best hotels to stay in the area would be. Understandably, she panicked. By that evening, I think the count had gone up to almost 900 people interested, some of which were from Great Britain. Over the next few days, we edited the event and contacted (laughs) all the people that wanted to fly in and let them know that it wasn't the type of event that they were expecting and it probably wouldn't be worth it to fly in for since it was just supposed to be a small group outing, not a festival. We ended up changing the event to be a fundraiser for a local anti-trafficking group and had about 100 people attend. I think the best part of the whole thing was that she had planned the event too early in the year and the lavender bushes weren't even in bloom. (laughs) We also discovered at the event that lavender syrup in iced Earl Grey tea is delicious. I bet it is. I bet it is. Ah. People are passionate about lavender. They are. <laughs> That's good to know if I ever needed to draw a crowd. <laughs> <laughs> Just create a Facebook event. Yes. <laughs> Picture of lavender. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Seems to be the key ingredients. <laughs> Kyrie wrote, and I hope that I'm saying your name right. A while back, I started getting up before the crack of dawn to run. Why? I still don't know the answer to that. And I figured that having a cup of coffee before I go would help knock out those lingering thoughts of sleep from my eyes. Now, I buy cheap instant coffee because my brain and my wallet aren't too concerned with coffee filters, grinders, and all the accoutrement that proper coffee needs. Now, even I, a coffee greenhorn, will tell you that instant coffee is not that great. Even with the big, huge, mounded heaps of brown sugar I put in, but I was content to deal with because, you know, the goal was to wake up, not to experience hot liquid nirvana. Until one day, I remembered an old Angostura commercial showing the different ways bitters were used. A few dashes to help season meat, a few sprinkles to ice cream, a splash to cocktails, and a shake or two to hot coffee. I was intrigued, and the very next morning, I had enough brain power to remember to include some in my cup, and y'all— Even through the alluring siren call of my warm bed, I could taste the potential of what instant coffee wishes it could be. There was no bitterness. The citrus notes from the bitters blended so nicely with the smell of the coffee, and I could taste caramel. Imagine caramel and coffee. Who knew? Well, I certainly didn't, and I knew what I had to do next. A deep dive into the House of Angostura. Besides the museum, which only does tours in groups, so bummer for an introvert, and the various rums, there is a cookbook, like an actual cookbook with food recipes and not just cocktails. The recipes themselves lean more to a Western continental menu with appetizers, soups and salads, pasta and rice, meat and poultry, and desserts, and, of course, suggested cocktails to go along with some recipes. 
There are recipes like Angostura beef pies, orange rice pilaf, chilled cucumber soup, marinated chicken breasts, and classic chilled granita. I started doing this immediately because I also <laughs> use cheap instant oh. coffee in the morning. Because Laura knows I've given up on our work coffee machine. <laughs> We're broken up forever. <laughs> I never want to deal with that thing again. Um, it's and I, working now. No. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm no. too traumatized. All right. No, I'm not gonna. You know, you have to. You have to live your own life. If it, if I see that screen, please wait. Dot dot dot. One more time. It's gonna be like office space up in here. Anyway, <laughs> so this was good for me. This email, and it is nice. It does add like a little like brightness, and the smell is good. Huh. Oh, I'd recommend trying it. Yeah, yeah. I'll, um, you know, look like an even weirder human than I already look. I'll, I'll bring some in to use on the office coffee. Cause and, and then you should leave a note that said, don't judge, listener told us to do this. Because <laughs> we are already seen as a, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, just that sound. Just that, just that noise pretty much sums it up. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Around the office. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Well, <laughs> thanks to both of them for writing in. If you would like to write to us, we would love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. You can also find us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at SaverPod. We do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio and Stuff Media. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Vagan and Andrew Howard, with kind help today from J.J. Posway. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection, obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. 
Don't give me museums. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds.